This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. So, an environmentalist walks into a bar and says to the bartender, Give me a drink that will help save the planet! The bartender's a little confused and asks, What kind of drink did you want? The environmentalist then repeats, Give me a drink that will help save the planet! The bartender pauses for a moment, shrugs his shoulders, and finally, he said, Oh, wait, the music's over. Never mind. Oh, dare you? What happens? I can't, the music dies. We got to move on. The, the intro is done. Did you run out of budget on that joke? The music is done. We got to move on. Welcome uh, to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Ken. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last episode, our Fandom Not Found episode, where we exposed our shortcomings once again. And nobody nobody jumped on them at all. Is it weird that this is the most engagement we've had all year? In a while. It's great. Guys. Brandon Sanderson fans came out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, all of our fans are Brandon Ooh. Sanderson fans. Yeah, I, you, you know if you, when you nerds. Like, <laughs> I, no, <laughs> am I wrong? Uh, you guys know if you've ever been. Uh, I don't know if you've ever dated someone and then you went to like one of their family parties. Yeah, and like everyone walks up to you and they're super nice and like, "Hi, welcome, welcome, hi, hi, come, come join us here, come, come." And I was like. Okay, that's what it felt like. Yeah, I was this a series, overwhelmed. Read that series, and I love how the the big no theme, one agreed either. Yeah. No, nobody agreed on where to start. But the big theme of it was, hey, um, Joel, here's all the smart ones, and then here's the other ones for you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, it was like, yeah, you don't like hiking? Yeah, me neither. No, well, a, a couple of comments I want to uh-huh. throw out there. Yes, there was a lot of suggestions on Brandon uh, Sanderson and even to Brandon Mall for uh-huh. me, the Brandons. Gehrig. But a couple couple specific ones I want to say. <laughs> Andrew Sanders said, I just wanted to say I support you guys in all your endeavors. <laughs> Thank you. I still need to read all of Narnia too, Kent. Okay. So there you go. I'll take it. And Zach, I would love to be your hiking buddy when I get down to the lower 48. He's up in Alaska. I was, I was really happy to hear that. And then he goes on to say, we'll go rucking. And what I'm, I'm out. What does that mean? What is rucking? It's like hiking with a giant heavy backpack. Oh. Nope. What? Mm. You had me until rucking. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. This is Jerry Maguire too. I, sh- I should. Clarify. Oh, R.I.P. I should clarify. By the way, uh, thank you. By the way, for the just about Brandon Sanderson. It was overwhelming, but I do plan a couple of suggestions. I'm not going to mention whose, but a couple of your suggestions, I, I will follow. We'll find out. Yeah. No. And then uh, Shane Hyatt said, "Joel, uh, Brittany, and I have enough stuff for four people to play, and I'm willing to show you and your wife how to play pickleball." I'm not falling for it. Yeah. Fake. It's real. It's all made up. Pickleball is a made up sport, and we all know it. Um, but this is really working out well for me. There are several people. Andrew, Sam Ma, oh, Rachel Crump. We're going to start it, right? Everyone wants to be my hiking buddy. We're going to have the Bacon Hiking Club. The Hike Club. Uh, then also, but we're not going to talk, talk about it. This is continuing to work out well for me because Kevin Hicks says, Zach, anytime you're ready, let us know and we'll take you boating and get you up water skiing. Yeah. While you mooching actually paid off. This is great. This is wow. my favorite episode. <laughs> I like to point out this time that I've never eaten at a restaurant. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> no? Take me to get food. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, listener. We do appreciate you and your feedback. It was really fun just yeah. to hear everybody with their great suggestions. Too many comments to read, uh, but we, we read them all eventually. I read them all. That's true. He does. Yeah. Hey, guys, guess what? 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 We've got a guest. What? we got a guest. Reveal the curtain. It's <laughs> Wait, Debbie Foster. Debbie Foster. Good job. Hi, Debbie. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank so you. So I was going to say, I'm glad I finally got your song done just before you arrived. Otherwise, I would have felt bad. Um, it you, feels a little like you, you did waited it because one week. I was yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sing while looking into their eyes. <laughs> Why? Because if I do that with Patreon songs, it feels creepy because I've stalked them. <laughs> but Debbie, you, you are a member <laughs> of the... <laughs> 
you are a member of the Baking Council, and uh, we, we appreciate you coming out here to, to join us for this episode that you're sponsoring today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, as you said, my name is Debbie Foster. I live in South Jordan with my husband and four children. I have a son and three daughters. I work at the University of Utah in andrology, which is male fertility, and I also teach online for BYU-Idaho. So andrology is not making androids? No. no oh. it's not. Oh. Sorry, Ryan. Let down. Uh, but no, th- we do appreciate you, and, and we, we thank you for joining us on this episode. We've got some questions for you, Debbie. Oh, okay. questions, of course. And, and you've studied, right? You know what's coming your way. I know what's coming You know way. the disappointment that right here, my eyes, look at this right here. Disappointment I, I'm the already. No. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I forget who wants what. Can we just yes. say uh, Basically, whenever I recommend this show to someone, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was kind of fun. What's your voice? What does your voice sound like? I'm like, it's Joel. I get blamed all the time for stuff <laughs> Kent says. You're By welcome. my own children sometimes. <laughs> but no, we have a series of 11 questions here we're going to ask you to kind of get a feel of who you are as well. Give the listener an idea of who you are. It's 11 questions. We're going to read them very fast. And I want quick answers, even if you don't have a strong opinion. Debbie, are you ready? I am ready. Question one, which is better, Karate Kid or Karate Kid 2? Karate Kid. Yes, Joel. Uh, which is worse, Star Wars Episode One? <laughs> is that a one? quote? Are you quoting yourself? Just, yes, Joel. Just say yes. your name, Joel. Yeah. Which is worse, Star Wars Episode One or Star Wars Episode Two? Star Wars Episode Two. Yes, Joel. Joel. That's still Joel. I know. Uh, do you rate movies using stars or letter grades? Letter grades. Kent, actually. Yeah. Which is the more America movie, Rocky Four or Independence Day? Independence Day. Joel. Joel. <laughs> Uh, is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? It is obviously only a Halloween movie. Can't. That <laughs> sounds so creepy when you say it. Uh, Buffy or X-Files? Buffy. Can't. Uh, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Lord of the Rings. Yes. Hmm. Which movie is more Christmassy? Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Die Hard. Can't. People just don't know. Uh, Femme of the Opera or Les Miserables? Les Miserables. Can't. Yes. <laughs> Labyrinth or never like ending story. Never ending story. Can't. <laughs> How to lose a guy in 10 days or 10 things I hate about you? 10 things I hate about you. Can't. Scott. Scott. <laughs> you got a little louder as it went along. I just got more excited because at first it was going your way. And then Debbie saw me judging her and she changed her answers. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Yep. That was yeah. fun. We have an idea and uh, as does our list. Do you like how we, we judge you based on what, 11 questions? Right. Uh-huh. Basically. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? In the arms of only four dollars. You can dogs with three legs. Oh, that's no, what we're we talking about. We should do a show about that. Are we no, searing? We're doing animals best. that are missing limbs. No, save it for season twelve. <laughs> we already cured animals. Now we got to do maimed animals. <laughs> no, we are talking we're about. Trouble. We're talking about shows that ended too soon. Canceled too early. Gone, Gone too soon. Too soon. There's so much TV out there mm-hmm. now. Some shows they get a fair shake. And they get to finish their series. Others, like for example, cut off in their prime. Grey's Anatomy is on what eighteen seasons I am now? Shocked, it's still on. Yeah, The Simpsons is still going. Mercy, as is Family Guy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. but anything Netflix shows, it's like, hey, here's this for six episodes. See you later. It's like it's canceled. And then the problem is when people get invested in these shows and you put your time and effort into watching them, and you're expecting some sort of resolution and it's not given. I have a friend that waits till shows are finished until he starts watching them. Genius. Completely. Yeah. That's the best idea ever. Why do you do this, Zach? It's my idea. Because I don't <laughs> want to do this. Okay, I for the first time this this year, I've watched like three shows that weren't done and it felt wrong. I like to wait until a show is done and essentially its legacy is set. Even though you're behind the times. Totally. 
behind the conversation. Breaking Bad was no less good after it was done than watching it along the way. I, I do. I, I agree partially with Zach in the sense of I, I don't think any of my choices on my list here are beyond 2010 because I got burned a mm-hmm. few times. And I was like, I don't want yeah. to deal with that again. Sure. There's certain shows that I'm like, okay, once they've agreed to end and it's all going to be over, I'm like, yes, yeah, full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, but a lot of times I wait till they catch on before I actually watch them. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say because I do think that there's a legitimate companion episode, which is shows that went too long. Yeah. But Ooh. there are so many shows that I watched that along the way I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this show, and there's three more seasons of it, mm-hmm. and I I don't want that feeling either. I think it's easier now to not start shows until they're done because we have so many shows to watch. Oh, on there's streaming. too many out there. But back when there was in the broadcast TV days, right. you'd be like, oh, I can only watch TV when it tells me to, or if I have DVR, and so you almost had to watch the new show that was on. And if it was on Fox, it was going to get canceled within a season. Yeah. So there was there was I think there was more heartbreak back then. Because now you just don't invest until maybe it's three seasons in. Yes. It's a little trickier nowadays yeah. because there is so much content. It's, there's not that definitive water cooler thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you make a, de- a decision to watch, I don't know, maybe whatever is on HBO, there's a better chance of, of some people watching it. But, you know, I don't know, not a lot of people are watching network TV in my personal social circle. Yeah. And so it's a little bit tough to know what the thing is. Yeah. Anymore. Well, it's also funny because, certain, like you said, certain streaming services are much more accessible. A lot more people have them. I think that Ted Lasso single-handedly saved Apple TV Plus from becoming just, you know, Nothing. another streaming service that it no crackle. one really cared about. Because people weren't watching anything on there, but now that's the only place you can get Ted Lasso. And people are like, oh, I hear so much about it. I got to go and check it out. Hmm. Sure. Uh, now, well, what about you, Debbie? Do you watch shows like, let's say Netflix has a new show. Do you start watching it or do you wait till there's a couple seasons or they maybe announce a final season at least? We typically wait until the season's over so we can just, we're getting used to just binge watching. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem comes for us, for me, is that if it's a hot show, say like Stranger Things, I don't want it spoiled by all the chatter right? and it's hard to avoid. So yeah. I'll go ahead and start watching it. So I do yeah. get my heart broken a bit because of that, because of those seasons that then get canceled. That's the shows. risk you take too when you wait is, well, and it, so when these things drop, there's what I call the chatter wave, where if you can avoid social media for a week or two, usually that dies down. Mm-hmm. But then the memes kick in. I've got, I've got a couple times where like the memes start coming in and I'm like, I haven't seen that show. Right. But yeah. that's going to happen. That's that's the inevitable part of waiting to watch a show is there's going to be spoilers and you just have to deal with that. So it's it's a double-edged sword. Well, and I, that's probably also part of my situation. I don't, don't care, care about, about spoilers. I, I'm not a spoiler person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. And so I'm fine seeing the jokes and then I'll just wait for the thing to happen. Yeah. Now... Did you know people die in Game of Thrones? Apparently. <laughs> what? <laughs> the show did. Right up front. Oh. Right up front. We have to talk about this because... This episode, as we were forming it, as we were building it up, because Debbie, you came with a couple ideas and we, and we landed on this one. Uh, but as we were talking about shows that were canceled too early, of course, so you mentioned Fox earlier, Kent. Mm-hmm. Firefly. Yeah. Uh, Firefly uh, is one of those iconic, every single list you look up online of like shows that were canceled too early. The first one that comes early, to mind, I think. That's going to be on it. Yeah. And it's just one of the first answers people give. So this show is not, we're not going to have any of those as our official pick on our list, but this show is going to be brought to you by Firefly. <laughs> Sponsor? It's just, just know that we all agree that, well, okay, I'll say this. I think Serenity gave Firefly the capstone ending that we needed, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I don't want anything after Serenity. You I don't. W- no, I'm, okay. I'm good. You know me in reboots. I'm not huge yeah. on them. And I will say, I actually saw the movie first as it and heard... There's a series, and we went back to watch it, and then we're disappointed that 
it was just the one season. And it just yeah. ends. Right. With Jubilee. Because the show is just okay and the movie is really cool. Right. Just kidding. Which I didn't hear. <laughs> I'll listen to it when I listen to this okay, episode, sure. and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you an angry GIF. <laughs> he always does. But I I think that if if we were to have gotten more more Firefly, it might have gotten to the point Zach talked about where it wouldn't have been as good. Mm-hmm. I like that it is encapsulated in that really amazing season and the great movie together. Right, but shouldn't we be able to know? I mean, yes, we can talk about the hypothetical success or potential of a show, but it's nice to get four to five seasons and maybe have it be in syndication or on streaming and just know that the legacy is there instead of going, what if? It's true, but also uh, it's sometimes asking you get too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Look at Arrested Development. Ooh. It was canceled. Everyone went, no, no, yeah. bring it back. They brought it back and everyone went, ah, three seasons are good. <laughs> Fourth and fifth, no one talks about. Yeah, and so I and and, and there's other shows too, like uh, Seinfeld. Sometimes even Community. Well, yes, mm-hmm. but Seinfeld, for example. Yeah, Seinfeld is one of those shows that season nine is just as funny as the rest of the series. Right. There's still there's some iconic episodes in that final season. They had more stories to tell, I'm sure of it. But they gave us some closure, and they they left us wanting more. Which to me, that's what you do with a TV show: is leave people wanting a little more. Right. And so what we've done is we're not. I don't know if this is like a personal ranking for you guys, but we wanted to choose different shows. So we've all kind of come together with just like a scattering of shows that may be current, maybe from past decades of television, yes. but ones that we think were slighted that were maybe canceled too early. Like it, maybe it just went one season. Maybe there's a few seasons, but we never got a definitive ending. Yes, because some of my picks, I will say, they, they, they started petering out near the end. Mm-hmm. But, we but then maybe it was canceled just unaware. Yeah. And then it's like, but we oh, didn't get as an audience, closure, you never knew. And I need closure. Right. So we're going to be presenting five shows today. Yes. Yeah. That, you're just going to give us a little book report on the show? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we will be I talking about these Park. shows. <laughs> we will be talking about how some of them ended. So we will get yes. spoiler alerts when necessary, but just know a general spoiler Wait. alert. Okay. We're going to be talking about these episodes. Five, six, seven, eight. We're going to spoil these shows. There not will, all of them, and not all of them really matter if they're spoiled. There will be spoilers, but the biggest spoiler is a lot of this stuff doesn't get resolved. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Joel, please start us off. What's your first show? All right. I have another disclaimer. Oh, come on. <laughs> Look. Is this show ever going to start? I, this, is, this is the start because <laughs> I, went, to the show, Debbie. I went back and forth in this pick the whole time. But the problem is I've talked about the finale of Pushing Daisies oh, uh, my and my thoughts go. on how it should end. Uh, hold on. Let me pull that from the rafters. We retired that jersey a couple of years ago. We haven't retired it yet. We retired Queen. We haven't retired Pushing Daisies. But I, I talked about it on episode 10, mm-hmm. way back at the beginning, Lost and Found in Translation. Yeah. Episode 103, the finale countdown. And episode 309, the one where we talk TV, where I literally talked about the ending, why it ended, and what my pitch was for how it should have ended. Yeah. So I am not including that in oh, my list. Well, it's up in the rafters. But it would be it's against next to that thing. It would be do. against the very fiber of my being to not mention pushy da- pushing daisies being canceled too early. Yeah, because that is also one you'll see on every single list on the internet, right mm-hmm. next to Firefly. But for my first pick of uh, this episode, I'm going to sing you a little song. Oh, yay! I like when this happens. Do we get music too? We run, we jump, we swim and play. We, we row, row and we go, go on ships. ships. But the thing that lasts forever are our dear friendships. Anyone? 
Camp Bonawana. We hold you in our hearts. No? No. Salute your shorts, Nickelodeon? Never Makes watched me it. Makes want to fart. It's never. I hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> never not once. Uh, no, this is this is one of those. If you don't know Salute Your Shorts. Hold on. I've seen an old show and you haven't. Oh, get real. It's Nickelodeon. Hey. Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> Nickelodeon. No, this, is a, this was one of those shows. I'll read the synopsis here. A group of kids at summer camp form friendships as they spend time harassing a buffoonish camp counselor. Now, there are actors here. I don't know any of the actors' real names, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. give their care. I know their names, but no one really knows their names. There are actors in this show. Yes, you got Ugg, <laughs> the counselor. You got ZZ. Uh, she's the, the nature lover. You got Donkey Lips. You got uh, uh, Bobby Budnick. You got uh, Telly. You got Sponge. You got Dina. You got Michael Stein or uh, Ro- uh, Pinsky, depending on which one you go with. But it's these group of kids at a summer camp who are just having adventures. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that I didn't really have this in my mind until I started doing research, and this came up, and I was like, wait, are you kidding me? Because this only ran two seasons there are only 26 episodes wow. of this show and but it had an impact with you oh yeah a, an impact on nickelodeon okay Th- this this show kind of saved nickelodeon so this went from 91 to 92 and the complete series has never been released on any form of home media what so that's because no one wants to watch it they do would oh. you rewatch this would you yeah. have your kids watch it oh definitely mm-hmm. this is one of those i think everyone kind of knew and watched maybe not religiously but you know it was just people knew it it's based on a book called Salute Your Shorts, Life at Summer Camp. And this was one of the highest rated cable programs, despite its very short run. Because it went into kind of syndication after that and repeats. And they, I, it was on all the time, like okay. well into 1996, I think it was. Sure. And they created the show because uh, Nickelodeon was under pressure to have original programming to compete with the Disney Afternoon. And they also wanted to shed their image of the Game Show Network because Double Dare mm-hmm. was very popular and they had a bunch of, a bunch of other game shows. And they're like, no, we want yeah, to do something Yeah, why would different. they want that awesome image? And I don't know if you guys remember Camp Candy. Nope. Uh, it was animated on NBC. John Candy was the voice. Huh. But it became kind of popular. And so they were like, oh, yeah, we can copy that with a live action thing. And so they did this show. And it is one of those very stereotypical kid Right. type shows where it's just these weird Hijinks wacky and situations whatever. and pranks and stuff and it was it was fun i enjoyed it okay but, so what was happening near the end that made it leave it on a cliffhanger for you well it wasn't exactly a cliffhanger it kind of ended on a regular episode but okay. i want to bring up why beavis and butthead killed this show <laughs> because they did because what? they were having issues. First of all, the, the creator, he walked out in protest because they weren't going to give the cast any sort of uh, pay increases okay. for the third and fourth seasons. They wanted mm-hmm. to give him a contract, but they weren't going to pay him more. And Nickelodeon was apparently notorious for underpaying actors. I think Ryan Reynolds, uh, he was on a show. I can't remember the name of it right now. But he was getting paid Some like, Canadian show. He was getting paid like $150 per episode. What? And they, they didn't care. But the series was not renewed for a third season because they wanted the whole cast to relocate from Los Angeles to Orlando. Oh. They wanted to bring it into their their network, their home house, Mm -hmm. because they were under pressure from the parent company, Viacom, to reduce its budget so MTV could fund production of Beavis and Butthead. Ah. So Beavis and Butthead killed this show that was the highest rated Uh cable television series with children ages 6 to 11 uh, in 1992. Oh, and the, I did find it. The last show aired in 2004. They were showing this well into 2004, but it was just those 26 episodes just over and over and over again. And now you can't find it? And it's gone. Like you can't, Well, you can find like some episodes on Paramount+, Plus, but mm-hmm. not all of them. Also, there was a kind of a divide where the main kid from the first season didn't come back for the second season, so they had to hire a different main kid. Love it. So, yeah. So if this were somehow rebooted on Paramount+, Plus or something like that, 
would you have your kids watch it and would you watch it with them? No, because... Uh, like, the, what if the older cast was now counselors or You know the how I feel about reboots. Uh, of course. What if it was like a, a Cobra Kai situation, right? I don't think we pulled off with Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> In fact, I'm wondering how many of the listeners actually know the show Salute I, I Your didn't. Shorts. I didn't. But it was one I watched so regularly. And I think the reason I put it on here is because I was shocked by how short it was. Yeah. And I was shocked by how, why it ended. Because basically just like the, the kids didn't want to move across the entire country to keep filming. Yeah, it makes sense. I would have loved to see the the, the cast just did a couple more adventures in back in the day. It yeah. been good. So salute your shorts. You ended too soon. Aw. Aw. All right. My show. I, I've mentioned this on Bacon Cell as well. I think a lot of my choices may have been mentioned before. But it's Terminator. The Sarah Connors Chronicles. Sarah, Sarah, I've never seen The that. Sarah Connor Sarah, Sarah Chronicles, Chronicles of Narnia. Sarah, Sarah Chronicles. Sarah the Chronic. What? The Sarah Chronicles. Sarah Chronicles. <laughs> 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 We're the worst. Anyways, this went for two seasons from 2008 to 2009. Remember, that's the writer's strike back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so only had, it was a mid-season replacement show, so it went like nine episodes, and then got a second season. So 31 episodes altogether. And it had uh, Lena Headey as Sarah Connor, who plays Cersei from Game of Thrones. And this is right before Game of Thrones. Mm. Thomas Decker as John Connor, Summer Glau from Firefly, from Firefly as the good Terminator in the series. Her name is Cameron. Uh, also had Brian Austin Green in a pretty good role. Yeah, he, I saw him in the ads. I never, yeah. I've never seen the show. Uh, also Garrett Dillahunt, which is probably the most underrated TV actor out there. He was in Saving Raising, Raising, Raising Hope. Hope. Yeah. yeah, he's great. And he played the evil Terminator. And he's amazing in the show. And just for you, Joel, Shirley Manson. I don't know why you haven't seen this show. I don't know why either. Yeah. Because maybe it's just the reboot, re, revamp thing. Right. So, gonna... yeah, and, and I get it. But this is only two seasons. Yeah, though? only two seasons. 20, did you say 26 episodes? Uh, 31 episodes. The Terminator series at this point, and even kind of at that point, was so watered down. We've seen so many sequels where they tried to just reboot the whole thing. Yeah. Even with the last one, they brought back uh, Lyndall Hamilton as Sarah Connor, but it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And so if they do another one, they're going to try to reboot it again. Now, well, I was just about to say, maybe I should watch that. But then yeah. you're telling me it doesn't have a satisfying ending. It doesn't have a satisfying ending. Blah. I still think it's worth watching. And I'm, I'm going to get into like the brief of the story. I'm going to need some background music as I give the synopsis. Set after the events in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Sarah Connor and her son, John, try to stay under the radar from the government as they plot to destroy the computer network, Skynet, in hopes of preventing Armageddon. What did you say, Skynet or chat GPT? Uh, yeah, basically, right? <laughs> so this one does follow... Actually, it's fun, funny. It chronologically came out after the third movie. They just forget about the third movie altogether. That was with the red leather coat uh, hot Terminator. Yeah, the yeah. Terminatrix, I think is what they call her. Ooh. What? Wait, you guys got excited about that description? <laughs> a little bit. That was Zach. And yeah. That, no. hey, that was me. <laughs> no, I can't. But this one, it takes place right after Terminator 2. And of course, it does this thing where it's like, yeah, it's 1999, guys. But the, the show took place in 2008. So they're like, let's get these guys in a time machine to 2008. <laughs> and that's essentially what they do. They do it in a way that you're like, yeah, yeah, it's Terminator. There's time travel. That's fine. And so they bring him to present day. So they're no longer fugitives. The cops think they're dead. And the uh, uh, judgment day has been delayed. They stopped it in T2. Right. But it's been delayed till 2011. So the show had this end date of four years. There was going to be four seasons. And then it was going to be the new judgment Seems day. Seems like a good plan. Totally. And so what they do in this time, they go, okay, well, now we don't know exactly who's behind Skynet and the rise of the machines. Let's find out. So they are investigating basically chat GPT and all these <laughs> technological creations that could create the end of the world. And so that's every 40 minute episode. And it's super dynamic. Lena Headey is 
an incredible, uh, second only to uh, Linda Hamilton, which is not tough, but she's an incredible Sarah Connor. Loved her in this show. At this time, like this show was getting 8 million viewers per episode. So why was it canceled? Well, Fox. <laughs> Fox was like, hey, it's on a Monday night. Let's move it to Friday nights right after Dollhouse. Friday night is a death. It, it was death. And so basically went from 8 million viewers an episode to four. After Dollhouse? Why would you lead into this show from Dollhouse? Yeah, in Dollhouse, they were also letting it die I, as well. I, yeah, I like Dollhouse mm-hmm. for the first few episodes. Right. I won't talk about how it ended. I'll talk about what they wanted to do with this Does show. Does it end with Christian Bale yelling at, this, at the <laughs> Yeah, for someone crew. for getting in his lighting yeah. in a really dramatic moment. Mm. It was the strange... It was really meta, mm. actually. So what they were going to do is they were going to have the Connors... Not the Roseanne Connors. <laughs> oh, wow. But, what a crossover <laughs> event. They're going to have the Connors jump 20 years into the future and be fighting in the war with the machines. And then so basically gain more knowledge about how to fight them. And then at the end, Cameron, played by Summer Glau, was going to send him back a week after Armageddon, after the apocalypse. And he was going to become the general that we all know. So it was going to tie in really beautifully with the movies. They never got a chance to. Because they canceled it. Wow. Super I, mad. I like how we gave a huge spoiler alert at the beginning and then Kent's like, oh, I don't want to spoil this. I know. Now I feel bad because I want people to watch it. I still think it's really cool. All right, Debbie. So the show that actually stimulated this whole conversation oh, was the, the one I'm, is my, is my inspiration yeah. is my first pick and it's Terra Nova. And that was in 2011 on Fox. It was Fox. Produ- uh, I know. Right. It was produced. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> It was produced by Steven Spielberg yeah. and Peter Charon. So there was a lot of hype for it. It starred Jason O'Mara as Jim. He was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shelley Kahn as his wife, Elizabeth. And Stephen Lang as the commander, who was the colonel on Avatar. And I was going to say, it looks like he's playing exactly <laughs> the same, same role he as he's playing in Avatar. This is IMDb's description. Centers on the Shannons, an ordinary family from 2149 when the planet is dying, who are transported back 85 million years to prehistoric Earth, where they join Terra Nova, a colony of humans with a second chance to build a civilization. So it's... Now what about the dinosaurs? Exactly. Exactly. So what happens is apparently scientists discover this rift that allows only a one-way human transmission to the back, back to prehistoric Earth. Mm-hmm. So the mom and two kids are selected. The dad was a police officer and then arrested and in jail because they violated the population control and had a third child. How dare they? But the dad and the third child sneak on board somehow and get through this portal. So they all arrive. And then it's... Jurassic Park meets 65 type of thing. Okay. What's 65? It's a movie from Adam Driver. Oh, just a total survival movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have this colony and they're trying to live and work and so forth. Is it like fenced off and everything? It is. It looks like an old fort with these big... Wooden timbers? Wooden timbers. Uh Uh-huh. And you find out there's a group that's there under the guise of building Terra Nova, but they're really there to mine and steal resources and have them shipped back. Uh, so there's, there's like yeah. a conspiracy going on behind everything. Right. Okay. Wait, but, but wouldn't mining in the past cause issues in the future? Supposedly, this is a parallel universe. Oh, uh, we're good. So that's how they explained it. They explained it that Multiverse. way. Multiverse. So what you see is this group at the commander son is one of these groups, which causes a little more drama. But they you know, get back and forth. They kind of learn about what's going on. And then the son of the commander learns how to get humans transported back. So it's no longer a one-way passage. Mm-hmm. And so that invites people to come in and invade, and they have this big battle. And then it ends with a couple of cliffhangers, and then it 
end. So, so I remember wait, how many, seeing how many seasons you say? It's just, just one season. Yeah. Thirteen. Just one season. Thirteen episodes. I remember seeing so many ads for this one, and I'm right. assuming you did too. Did you start watching this one from episode one? Yeah, I think we were a couple. Of, uh, we we missed a couple episodes. We did have to go back yeah. and watch them. But so you're watching though. You're like, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. And then. And then canceled. Nothing. Yeah. Why was it a budget thing? It was partly a budget thing. So what they said, it was, I thought this was really interesting. Fox Entertainment president at the time said, "If this is all we make of Terra Nova, we made money on it. The studio <gasps> made money on it, and it seems to have resonated with family audience. There's a show. If we were to bring it back, there's an audience there. But creatively, it was still looking for its identity. Oh, so then they tried let to it find its identity. Then they tried to shop it to Netflix and said, "Well, it's four million an episode, and Netflix considered it." But ultimately decided not to. And then it just... Another season of you instead. (laughs) Netflix didn't know how to waste money at that time. No. And it just wasn't big enough to seal that renewal. But Mm. they wouldn't automatically cancel it because it was this big budget, big thing. I will say that the ending has a a few spoilers. They they find something from 18th century out in the Badlands. And so it's like, where did that come from? And then you're, they're still trapped because... The and just to clarify, 18th century is after prehistoric times, right? Yes, it okay, is. To make sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they seal it so no one else can come in. That's the, the protagonist does that to save the colony that's there. So there's still some what-ifs would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to happen here? And why did that 18th century thing show up in yeah. prehistoric times? So... Okay. So it's like a mystery box show as well. So right. Terra Nova. And what, what years Nova. did this come out? New Earth. In 2011, it was the fall season. Okay. There was like 10, 15 years where every show was trying to be lost. Don't you oh, feel yeah. like? Oh, yeah. yeah. They may have gone a season, maybe two. And you're like, oh, there's potential there. Yeah, it was kind of a lost butt, right? Yeah. Lost yes. butt time travel. <laughs> yeah. Lost butt. Oh, happened? hey. Hey. <laughs> None of that. Hey, with exercise. The right kind of exercise, you can get that back. Oh. And I will say the dinosaurs were scary but they weren't 65 scary okay constant terror they were a little more jurassic park type scary but were the effects tv effects or were they good enough is yeah what they were good enough um you know they they said they spent about four million 14 million for the two-hour pilot and you can see a lot of that was cgi and i will say we have not gone back to watch it so i don't know how well it aged sure in the last you know 10 but 12 years would you go back and watch like would you recommend someone watching it if there's not a good ending I mean, it was good family entertainment at the time. It was something that we didn't have to worry too much about our children watching. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it was kind of fun, but it does leave questions. And so that can be okay. frustrating. Perfect world. You're back in 2011. Hopefully a good year. They say, okay, we're going to cancel this show, but we can make another one more series or we can make a, a movie based off of this. What would you want to see? I think a movie would be enough to wrap it up and okay. figure it out. I've mm-hmm. said it before. I'll say it again. Every TV series should get in its contract a clause that says, if we are to be canceled, we are allotted an hour and a half maximum to wrap up everything. I feel like Netflix should have that in their contract. They cancel so many shows after season two. Because where's the rewatchability? Yeah. Like this is good for the comp- uh, for the studio as much as it is for the, mm-hmm. the show itself, the showrunners. Now, you mentioned everyone was trying to be lost, Kent. Yeah. My next pick is exactly that. Is it Lost Butt? No, it's not Lost Butt. <laughs> It, this came Where's out Lost Butt. This came out in uh, 2009, which is just before Lost ended. Mm-hmm. But it also included uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Dominic <laughs> Monaghan oh, from yeah. Lost uh-huh. and Sonia Wal- Walger from Lost as well. She's Penny. Uh, but this is a show called Flash Forward. Yeah. Do you guys remember watching Flash? Yeah, Did I like it. Flash Forward. Uh-uh. I like this show. So here's the premise: 
A special task force in the FBI investigates after every person on Earth simultaneously blacks out for 2 minutes and 17 seconds and awakes with a short vision of their life six months in the future. So we're in our world now. All of a sudden, everyone just passes out for 2 minutes and 17 seconds. And then everyone wakes up and they're like, I saw my future. And they realize it's six months in the future. Mm -hmm. And now the whole show is trying to figure out why it happened, how it happened, and if the future can be changed. Now, this stars uh, Joseph Fiennes, Mm -hmm. you may remember, is uh, not Voldemort. He's the other one. Rafe? Yeah. Is his brother? Yeah. Uh, John Cho is in this. This was on ABC, and it aired from 2009 to 2010. So one season, 22 episodes. And I did start watching this one because Charlie was in it. Of course. I said, oh, Charlie from Lost is in this. I'm going to watch this. Charlie. And it was a That's very... What you, he's been downgraded <laughs> to Charlie from Lost? <laughs> yeah. I was a big fan of Lost at the time. Like, I still am a big fan of Lost. Over but Mary? I, over Mary from Lord of the Rings? No, Pippin's the better one. <laughs> Debatable. No. Well, Save for our Hobbit tearing show. That wonderful song, though. Exactly. <laughs> Fool of a tooth. Uh, so yeah, this, this show came out and I really, that, that premise really did fascinate me where I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. Everyone, like, for example, one of the characters, uh, their flash forward, uh, he's, he, uh, saw himself working on an investigation. These masked men come in and start attacking. This other one saw a flash forward that she was, uh, pregnant, which was, she was not in a relationship Mm. at the time. This other one had a flash forward that he was sitting on a toilet reading a newspaper. So, you know, that happens too. And then one person had no flash forward. And they're like, what does that mean? So it was like, whoa, okay, this is intriguing. This is going somewhere. It launched to large audiences of 12.47 million viewers in the U.S. But then the ratings just went downhill after that to like one third of that. Oof. And they shot the finale before they knew the show was going to be canceled. And it was kind of frustrating because they get to this point where you're almost, I'm not going to spoil it, even though I said I was going to. They almost were going to solve why it happened. They never really gave a solid explanation. So they never had a one-season plan of getting to the flash-forward? Well, they did. Okay. They, they reached the flash-forward point, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very intriguing what's happening. They find out these quantum physicists were doing these experiments. And then what happened at the end of the first season is that another flash-forward event happens, and this time everyone has a vision of 20 years in the future. <gasps> and that was going to be the next season, is kind of working towards that. Which is these was, high concept shows? This so they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, this is totally one of those high concept shows where it was like, okay, this is really intriguing, but then it just ended, and like people were freaking out. There was a there was a safe flash forward campaign to keep the series on the air. They staged blackouts at ABC offices where people would just come up and they just pass out in front of the building. Hold on, I'm googling flash forward fan fiction. Don't, oh, there's totally don't, that too. I'm don't. not on Tumblr, <laughs> but there is a book, Kent. There is a book. The, the whole series is based on a 1999 novel called Flash Forward by okay. uh, a guy named Robert J. Sawyer. Mm-hmm. I read Sawyer. through the synopsis of the mm. ooh. Oh. I read the through the synopsis of the book and I wasn't as satisfied, but granted this is a okay. Wikipedia summary. Right. But still, I wanted to know what happened. And in my mind, what I had said was going to happen is that these quantum physicists were using technology that they'd acquired from extraterrestrials. They didn't understand it, and so they're using it, and all of a sudden everyone passes out, and it's the aliens are kind of doing experiments on humans about free will and what they're going to do with I like that. this. Uh, so I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. <laughs> oh, he did the hands. He did the hands. Got my hair crazy. So yeah. Flash forward. All right, mine's slightly more recent, and it's a Netflix one. And Netflix and Fox are basically the two biggest guilty parties. I yeah. think. Mine is the Santa Clarita Diet. 
Oh, that with Drew Barrymore? With Drew Barrymore and Timothy Olyphant. Yeah. Oh. The groundbreaking series that made a female zombie that then uh, <laughs> iZombie went, hold on. Yeah. They were touting themselves as this whole big thing, and iZombie has a whole cool storyline about a yeah. female zombie as well. I- iZombie was like, we were cool for a season. Speaking of shows two that went seasons. a little too long. Two seasons? I you can give them that? Yeah. Okay. Well, so this went for three seasons. It was 2017 to 2019, 30 episodes altogether, so just 10 episodes a season. And it was really funny because they launched the third season, and people were really digging it. And as soon as they you know, put all 10 episodes out there, they're like, sorry, guys, it's canceled. Because that's just Netflix just doesn't care. They don't say, sorry, it's canceled. It's just like, it's gone. Yeah, Deal it's with gone. It. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this season. Then the writer's like, hey, can I finish the story? Um, no. Well, no, not nothing. to date this episode, but that's happening a lot in all forms of streaming yeah. at the moment. Totally. Yeah. Everything's getting chopped. So the synopsis is Sheila, played by Drew Shay- Barrymore. Sheila. Sheila. And Joel. Hey. Hey. hey I know a guy named Joel. Hi. Played by Timothy Oliphant. Of course. He should be playing. Honestly, if, playing a Joel. If, if Joel was in a movie, he'd be played by Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> Teeth himself? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah? He's a handsome guy. <laughs> it's much better than Christopher Lambert. <laughs> but they are married real estate agents who live and work in Santa Clarita, California. When Sheila dies... Their lives take a dark turn. So basically, she, there. she eats some bad food. She eats some bad clams. And all of a sudden, she... Literally, it's bad clams? No, bad clams. <laughs> and in the first episode, it's kind of hard to watch. This is a Netflix show, so they can kind of push the line a little bit. This is definitely TV 14. In the first episode, she vomits a lot and dies from it, from Ooh. bad food poisoning. Ooh. And then she turns into a zombie, and it kind of becomes this zombie comedy where zombie zombie thank you where he as the husband has to kind of maintain her new behavior and she has very animal instincts to just eat whoever is there and so he has to control his wife while also going what's happening so it's very sitcom and every season kind of has this big arc where there's like this weird government organization or a cult or a zombie secret police service that is after them but they always kind of get away but spoiler alert for do you guys want are you guys okay go for it Spoiler five, six, seven, eight. So the entire series, Drew Barrymore says to her husband, hey, can I just make you a zombie? We live together forever. Is that okay? He's like, no, I don't want to be a zombie. Also, I think marriage works because it's temporary. Uh, I think we love each other because it will eventually end. Pretty sure this is the plot of Twilight. But that's, yeah, I guess so. Wow. And he does die in the last episode. There's this weird meatball with legs. A ball meatball legs. meatball with legs? <laughs> yeah, no, it, there's this weird mythology in the show. But this meatball with legs crawls. It, it's a thing that turns you into a zombie. It crawls in his ear and kills him immediately. And then she sees her husband dead. And then she's like, well, bites him. And then he wakes up and says, oh, hi. And the show ends. And you're like, okay, so they're both zombies now, maybe? Or maybe that that weird spider ball thing is going to turn him into another creature altogether. We don't know because the show will never get into it. it and it's really too bad. And this one was the Netflix basically saying, hey, we, we pay for all of our shows up front. And with every season that goes on, then I think this is Netflix's thing. Actors are going to ask for more money. They're going to ask for bigger budgets to make the show. And even though there's a fan base, they say, sorry, there's not enough people watching. Which hurts. Yeah. By the way, I just looked up Mr. Ball Legs. Yes, Mr. Ball Legs. And just because I was like, what is that? It's an astute organ red ball that, mm-hmm. w- which a per, what? Transfer, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. That is that's weird. A, that's why I try not to go into it because it's a really weird Mala plot Draga. point. Oh, oh, it's got eyes on it. It's yeah, like it has eyes. eyes. Yeah, it's like a weird brain spider. I don't like that. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's very comedic in the show. But when it crawls into his ear canal, you're like, oh, don't, don't. And it kills him. You're like, okay, now what? 
and we'll never know. This petition to reignite the show, it has 240,000 uh, 240, signatures. Uh, people really want this to come back, uh, but it's been, what, four years now? So seems like it's never going to happen, and Drew Barrymore has a daytime talk show, yeah. I guess. That You guys, it's just wonderful for you to be yeah. here. But this one does deserve a Netflix movie. Maybe another series, I, I wish, but Just I think at least up. a movie to wrap it up. Give me an hour and a half movie. Show us what Joel is like now that he's a zombie and both of them have to kind of live their lives in secret. Debbie? So my second pick actually is a live action adaptation. Hold on, Joel, don't say anything yet. I'm listening. Of Nickelodeon's Winx Club, which was... Wings or Winx? Winx, W-I-N-X. So that animated show was from 2004 to 2009. And this show is on Netflix. The one I'm talking about is called Fate, the Winx Saga. And it was in 2021 to 2022. Now, I will say its rating is not Nickelodeon friendly. Oh. It's a TVMA. Which is interesting, right? I am thinking, is Winx the toys you'd get from Target? Because I have two daughters. That they were like the spinny fairies? Yes. They're Yet fairies. it became a TVMA show? Yes. How do they justify that? I don't Were know. they just like, hey, our audience has grown oh. up, maybe? Maybe, but what's really interesting... Well, is this, this, is a, a, this isn't a CW drama, is it? Does it look like it? It looks like a CW drama. I will address that in a few Sorry, minutes. Sorry, we're all cutting you off. But yeah, go no, ahead. No, that's okay. But the creator of the animated series wanted to make a flesh and blood version for years. He proposed it back Wait, can in... can we call them flesh and blood versions now? Yes. Okay. That one's much better, doesn't <laughs> it? Um, better. Did you guys see that new Disney flesh and blood remake? <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. That's now a new thing on Bacon Cell. That's canon. <laughs> Absolutely. So he wanted one as ba- far back as 2011, but okay. he was a cartoonist and he hadn't really worked with live action before. So he actually produced one of Nickelodeon's live action series, Club 57, which I, d- I don't know. Oh, at Disneyland. It's really hard to get Disney. into, right? Oh, it's Mike Myers. I'm just, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're the worst. It's two seasons and 13 episodes, and it was recently canceled this, just this last year. It stars Abigail Cowan as Bloom, who's the main character. And then the other one that's the most well-known is uh, Robert James Collier. He was Barrow on Downton Abbey. Oh, Thomas Barrow, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is he a bad guy in the show? No, he's a good guy. Because Thomas is not a good guy. No, 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 other Thomas. Hmm? Not not the butler Thomas, like the driver Thomas. Okay. (laughs) Or not, yeah, Barrow. There's two Thomases in Downton Abbey? No, it's the butler Thomas. It's the butler Thomas? Yes, but he's a good guy in this one. I was thinking of the wrong one. I'm sorry, Tom. So. (laughs) The other one's Tom. (laughs) This is. The description. Yes. A bloom, a fairy with fire powers, enrolls at a magical boarding school in the other world called Alfea. She shares a suite with Stella, a light fairy, Aisha, a water fairy, and Tara, an earth fairy. With the help of her friends, Bloom starts to learn more about her past. Meanwhile, ancient creatures called the Burn Ones return to the other world and threaten everyone on Alfea or Alfea. I don't know which way it's called. Part of the magical realm of Solaria. So it's a typical teen angst sure. s- school, high school type. The fairies have a group of students, also mostly young men, but not all young men that are there to be their protectors and kind of fight, be their security. And that's mm. where Barrow's role is, is he's the head of that security. It was named Branson, by the way. That was my mistake. Uh, Saul Silva is the character's name. But the reason I laugh, Joel, is because one of the main reviews says, it feels like a show that would be more comfortable on the CW. It looks <laughs> oh, like the pictures yeah. looked like it. 
So, so is this one you'd watch with your kids? Weeks. Uh, we started to, and then mm-hmm. I had to put the kibosh on it because okay. of the MA rating. So, Dang. but I went ahead and finished it because they wanted to know. And so I could describe to them what happened. Mm-hmm. And then we would let them watch parts of it. <laughs> Gather around children as I described to you in censored detail what happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unlike How I Met Your Mother, where he just tells them everything. Yeah. Far too much. So the first season, just as a recap, she Bloom learns to kind of harness her powers and you see these burned ones and she's the one that's going to be the savior, but she has a hard time figuring out what her powers are. She's has been adopted by normal people. Mm. So coming to this is a whole new thing for her. Um, she develops a relationship of course, with one of the guys that's not a fairy. And, uh, she finds out that her real parents are still alive, but there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of, um, like I said, it's a very typical team angst with, you know, them having to save the school and so forth. And, the first season ends actually could have stopped there, but they didn't. And so they went into a second season where she finds out that her headmaster was killed by the current headmaster. And so there's a lot of back and forth with betrayal and people who are not trustworthy. Mm. So you kind of get that along with the whole teen angst in the end, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this. She finds out the only way she can save her school and the fairy world is to go to the realm of darkness and seal the portal that has been opened by bad guys. And so she does that. And on the other side, she finds her birth mother still. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Uh, right. And so it's this show that's just kind of left Does like it end right there. It ends. There. Oh, come on. And so it's just left on this cliffhanger. And then at the, at the end of like, it's throughout kind of at the beginning of those credits, they show that there's still another shadow that comes in the graveyard. And there's a note saying that there's, this person has two other sisters. And so there's a kind of this lead on how are we going to resolve on both sides? How is she going to get back to the fairy world? And what's the shadow doing back when she supposedly took care of everything? So, so why was it canceled? Well, it did really well. Once again, this is Netflix, but it did mm-hmm. really well the first season. But season two fell off after two weeks. And so at that point, they said it's not worth it. They said that worldwide users spend about 161 million hours in the season in the month. But that was not enough to carry it. Yeah, they ruin everything. They do. Joel, what's your number three? Zach, I have two words for you. I want to know if you know what they are. Okay. Nanu Nanu. That's uh, Mark and Mindy. The that is Mark and Mindy. Which is a ending. spinoff of something else. Uh, Happy, Happy Days. days. Yes. Happy Days. That's right. So if you don't know what Mark and Mindy is, it's what gave Robin Williams his start. It's about a wacky alien that comes to Earth and uh, he's interacting with things and kind of like think if you know Third Rock from the Sun, mm-hmm. this is this is what kind of gave birth to that. But this is, like I said, this was on ABC, uh, ran from 1978 to 1982, four seasons, 91 episodes. So it, it had a pretty good run. But the problem was, is that it ended on this weird <laughs> the note. The weirdest. And I have a personal experience with this. Okay. Because I remember as a kid, now I wasn't, this ended in 82, so I wasn't watching this. This was in reruns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember watching this episode where there's this woman who turns out to be an android, but she's also a bomb, and she blows huh? up their house. And then I didn't get to finish the ep- I didn't get to watch the next episode. And that was like the last Mark and Mindy episode I, I saw that I remember. And I had this like, what happened? And I was so worried about it. Yeah. And then at, later on, and, and particularly doing research for the show, I was like, oh, okay, I can watch that episode and then watch where it went. And so that was actually a three-parter. That was the first part of a three-parter about this ev- evil alien who was chasing Mork and Mindy. And they end up going back to prehistoric time yeah. to get away from this. He uses ruby red slippers to get away from him. And they go back to prehistoric times. But then the bad guy follows him there and they he clicks his heels again and they end up going through this time vortex 
and then they end up at a cave painting and that's the end of the series and we don't know what happened to them what and they just didn't get renewed like ratings were were going a little down ratings had slipped and they decided so he's lost in time essentially well they say like he says where will we end up mark he's like and he says something like no matter where it'll be we'll be together or something like that yeah but that's still like but it's it's like grim painting in fact it was so grim that they had another episode called the mork report that they uh they filmed before this episode the three-parter gotta run is what it's called okay and they flipped it so that that three-parter happened and then just the next episode it's a regular episode about mork learning to be a happily how, how to be happily married on earth and he gets a promotion and that's how the show ended on the air okay and truth be told i think that's a fine enough ending for the show True. but i would have at least explained something about the how they got back from prehistoric times and how that guy stopped chasing him because it really is one of those endings that everyone kind of talks about, like, yeah, but what happened? Like, what's that? It's such a downer. Mm-hmm. So, Mork and Mindy, it, it is an acquired taste, meaning Robin Williams acting is uh, at not even at its manic. most Robin Williams, but very uh, yeah. a certain side of him they and said, an early version of that. Yes, they said the scripts were actually really short because it would just say something like, and then Robin does something funny here. <laughs> They didn't even write it. Man, what a cheat code for writers. (laughs) But also, he he also improvised a little not family-friendly a lot of times, so they had to kind of hone that in a little bit. What? Kind of like you sometimes. Color me shocked. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this I do enjoy Mork and Mindy. It is definitely dated. I will not deny that. Yeah. It's funny that it got so dramatic in those last couple episodes, because the show wasn't about them being pursued or bad guys coming in. No, I think they were trying to mix things up a little bit per season, and I think every time they tried to fix something, it made the show lesser. Hint. Netflix, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I'm so sad that this show's done. I'm not the biggest fan of the Dark Crystal movie. I am not either. That's why I didn't watch the I series. I think it's a lesser tier two 80s fantasy movie. It's a lesser labyrinth. Okay. And labyrinth's already tier two, so... Hey! <laughs> we both agree that we like love labyrinth, labyrinth in story. But yeah, so this was brought back... 37 years after the original movie and it's a it's a Jim Henson Jim Henson production came out in 2019 one season 10 episodes this was voiced by Taryn Edgerton who played the uh, the main Gelfling uh, Anya Taylor-Joy Simon Pegg Mark Hamill Jason Isaacs wow that's quite the cast Andy Samberg Helena Bottom Carter they couldn't they, afford that cast they, they literally couldn't afford the cast also they had um, 170 puppets, 75 built sets. This is all practical, and, and 83 puppeteers. And arguably one of the worst names of a show I've ever seen. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Age of Resistance? <laughs> it's Come so, on. It's like a Transformers Age yeah, of Resistance. Yeah, pull names out of a hat. Terrible. So this is a prequel to the Dark Crystal movie because, as we know, if you've seen the Dark Crystal, it's very sad. The whole thing is just like downtrodden, mm-hmm. where the Gelflings are gone in that movie, and then somehow there's two that are going to save the world from the Skeksis, which I love that name. Now, the Gelflings are like little elf-like creatures, yes, and the Skeksis are like skeleton vultures. Yeah, skeleton vultures, like giant ones. Yeah. And uh, the effects are cool. I mean, even the effects in the movie are great for their time. I won't deny the good effects, but and, man, they're creepy. And then they pull the same sort of effects, but maybe slightly better puppetry, 40 years later at this point. And so, yeah, even being a prequel, it sets up this world where you actually have hope for these characters and you kind of just like forget about the movie mm-hmm. and the way it starts because you know where they're going to end up. Yeah. And so when the first season ends, it's really hopeful and you're like, okay, this is good. And it's it's a good proper ending with some teases towards what's to come. And so this show, it won an Emmy for writing and the very next day Netflix says, well, that's too bad because it's canceled. Ugh. Thanks for the Emmy. No more show. <laughs> 
So once again, nothing. I do think there should be another season. You want to see the Order 66 on the Gelflings? I guess I do. Mm-hmm. They said, look, it took 37 years to make this show. If it takes another 40 years to make season two, great. And I was like, okay. They're using puppets. Th- these, are, these are puppets. Like, why can't they? So I would like to see it. The, the puppets expire, guys. <laughs> oh. What? I've seen, I've seen like Yoda now. He looks terrible. Oh, and Falcor. It's like he actually died. Yeah. Hoggle. Uh, Have you guys seen Hoggle in the airport? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Debbie? My next pick is from Disney Plus, and it was part of their big, we're going to just write $1.5 billion worth yeah, of stuff off and mm-hmm. cancel a bunch of things, and that's Mysterious Benedict Society. Bum, 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 Never bum, seen it. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, it's fun. It's, it I is hear. fun. It's a lot of fun. It ran from 2021 to 2022. It's two seasons, 16 episodes, and it stars Tony Hale and uh, Kristen Schell, and they are magnificent. I love this show. I love smart quirky shows that my kids need to think about and I hmm. need to think about. This is one of those shows that I watched my whole family. We really enjoyed it. Just clever, clever writing. Like, um, um, shoot, a series of unfortunate events. That oh, series, I kind of get that vibe. But yeah. less dark. Okay. Much right. more fun. I mean, when the assistant who's called number two comes in in a yellow pencil outfit, I was hooked from that moment on from the first episode. Okay. Because I just loved how witty that was, that how clever that was. So the... Premise here is that there's a global crisis called the emergency, and Mr. Benedict is recruiting kids for this dangerous mission to infiltrate a learning institute on an island. Now, the learning institute is run by Dr. Curtin, who's sending messages, subliminal messages, that then peaks people's subconsciousness and lets those ideas and thoughts go in. So he can kind of tell them what to do, essentially. So the four kids are there to try to figure out what the emergency is and how to stop it. Uh, they are based off a book series by the same name, mm-hmm. and um, they do fairly well. My daughter, my 11-year-old daughter, had her book club. They, we did Mysterious Benedict Society and used some of the props from the, from the thing, and the, the kids just really liked it, and they liked the series. They liked the book series, too. Um, so it is two seasons. The first season, was the, we find out the main antagonist, Dr. Curtin, is actually Mr. Benedict's long-lost twin brother. Hmm. So you find out why he's upset with Mr. Benedict and they are able to stop the machine that's sending out these subliminal messages. In the second season, Dr. Curtin has a new plan. It's called forced and uncontrolled happiness. And so he, Mr. Benedict and number two are kidnapped and the kids have to kind of do a search and rescue type of idea. And then the end also just ends that season with a cliffhanger that Mr. Benedict and Dr. Curtin, even though they're now back together and they've, made up, so to speak, as brothers, um, it's disclosed that they also have a sister out okay. there. And then it ends. So there was a plan. There was a plan. And it uh, like there's four books and a prequel book. So they've gone through the first two books. And so that last season could have done the... And this really was a victim of them saying we need to save money. So let's just cut a show. It's gone. The nice thing about this one is that you can watch it. Like there are two complete story arcs. So So I could watch this with my kids and not be sad. Will I be sad by the end? No, no, no. Because then they'll they'll, they'll crack the door at the end, but the story is told. Okay. The problem is that when Disney Plus pulled it, they pulled it. Yeah, so it's you, gone. You it can't cannot, watch it. What? It, you can't watch it. Cannot be no. watched. Kind of like the new Willow series and everything. Yes. Like, right. Th- that, that's the problem. Like, <laughs> that is one of my favorite theme songs. <laughs> There's no release of this show. It's not out on Blu-ray. Arr, I have an answer. That's going to have to be the way. Yeah. Wow. Literally have to be right. the way. 
Isn't that so crazy? I was going to watch this again. No, it it really can't. does go to show that, like, you know, granted a lot of these services don't release physical media, but get physical media again. I wish Best Buy still released, like, TV on DVD. Yeah, totally. Wow, that's so sad. There was a section for it when I worked there, mm-hmm. but the only thing that was in it was uh, Simpsons, Happy Days, and the Munsters. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. What makes it even sadder is that they only gave audiences about a week to finish watching what they were watching. And so so they don't even care. They don't. And they, they said it may come back in the future, but as we know, Disney plus has never put any of their original work on physical media. That's so strange. Yeah. Bizarre. Super sad. Oh my gosh. I'm really sad about that. I'll find it. Nobody's sad about Willow though. No. (laughs) The writers. Joel, can you uh, break away from your sadness to give us your number four? Of course I can. I have talked about this before on episode 247, Quarantine TV Time on Bacon Cell here. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to bring it up again because I just watched a couple episodes in prep for this series. And man, it needed more. It's Better Off Ted. Yeah. So Better Off Ted. Which one is that? That is the one. uh, In an amoral science-based company, a manager tries to keep control of his scientists while being pressured by his shrewd boss. So this has uh, Jay Harrington, who you may not know, but uh, Portia the, de Rossi. Uh, I was going to say, who's the famous blonde? Yeah, yeah. Lindsay. Lindsay, from, Lindsay Luth from Rest of Development. She's in this. You got Andrea Anders, who's uh, Ted Lasso's ex-wife. She's oh. in this. And then Phil and Lem. And th- there's just so many good characters here. So good. But this is a show that was on ABC. It is currently on Hulu. Okay. So you can watch right. it there. So it's not gone. But this only Until ran... that gets eaten by Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Probably. <gasps> oh. Buy it quick. Uh, but this ran from 2009 to 2010, two seasons, 26 episodes. But this really is a clever and funny show. And the fact that it only went two seasons is bizarre. It received a lot of critical acclaim, but it had lower viewing numbers. Mm-hmm. And they asked him why. They asked the, one of the creators why. And he said, I just don't think people knew about it. The way TV works is you spend a lot of money advertising, promoting, or you have to let a show stay someplace for a long period of time and the audience slowly comes to it. And we didn't get either. It's crazy where standards used to be for ratings, because if a show got seven to 10 million viewers, that was a low. Yeah. And now for streaming shows like, for example, Succession just had its last episode on on Max or Mm -hmm. HBO. And it had 1.7 million viewers for its last episode. So this is like talked about on Twitter. No one really watched it, but it's like critically loved. Yeah. And it went for four seasons. But yeah, your show, Better Off Ted, probably had near 10 million. Yeah. Well, and that's just watching the numbers. I looked through it. I'm like, it wasn't that low. Okay. But the weird thing about it, too, is it's not like it has a cliffhanger. I watched the last three episodes today. Mm -hmm. Actually, so I watched that because they didn't air the last two episodes. They were going to. They're like, that's oh, going to be canceled. We're, we'll air the final two episodes back to back if the NBA finals don't need a seventh game. <laughs> and and they, they did. And they did. Aye. And so ABC went, all right, never mind. Stupid Warriors. So you Warriors. can see how I'm streaming now. Ah, the game seven was probably better. Was it, <laughs> was it the Warriors? I just blamed them. Maybe I don't heat. know. Uh, yeah. Do you honestly think I know who played in the NBA finals <laughs> uh, in 2010? What, what year did this run from? 2010. It was this got canceled. So I, I've seen a couple of episodes of this, and I legitimately thought it was from the mid-90s. Really? It's got an aesthetic to me that feels much older than it is, even though, you know, it's got... Without the laugh track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very funny, very clever. Think like kind of an Arrested Development, like a hyper-realistic world with these bizarre characters in this office uh, of Viridian Dynamics where just crazy stuff happens. And Phil and Lem, they're the two scientists, are such a wonderful comedic pair that Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to see them together doing more. I laughed out loud multiple times watching these episodes that I'd seen many times before. And if you haven't seen Better Off Ted, a little bit of a parental advisory. It, it, it's TV 
PG-ish. TV-14. It's around the it's around the realm of rested development. I could see this format and the whole joke of this being a mysterious organization, this mysterious corporation, yeah. being relevant today. Oh, totally. More now than ever. Yes, this conglomerate shadow yeah, mega corporation. Maybe creating diseases that we don't know about. Yeah. And I have a whole kind of idea of where the show could go. Of, yeah. But I, I, just, I, I won't go into it here. But one thing I want to mention is that, listener, if you ever miss Jacob, watch Better Off Ted. Because the main character, <laughs> Ted... He reminds me of Jacob so much in the way he interacts with people. Because you're not sure what he does every day for work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen. Uh, but it really did. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that really is Jacob. So it cracked me up. Yeah. So better off, Ted. It's on Hulu. Two seasons. Really quick. Give it a watch. It, it's it's okay that it doesn't really end because each episode it's, is just it's a standalone funny it. episode. Yeah. Kent. Joel, don't get triggered, Okay. Why would I get triggered? The vampire angel cursed with the soul moves to Los Angeles and aids people with supernatural related problems while questing for his own redemption. Kent, how can I get triggered when I'm so sleepy? (laughs) Oh my goodness. My show shouldn't count because it went for five seasons. It's Angel. On oh. the W, the C. You remember the Buffy spinoff, the WB, UPN, and then the WB, UPN, CW. WB. Yeah. Uh, it never became CW no. at that point. Oh, it was done before. It was CW. too soon. So this was from 1999 to 2004, 110 episodes, and that's maybe why I shouldn't count it. Yeah, because it was back in the day of like 24 episode seasons. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's crazy. Obviously, the seasons went up and down in quality. There are some entirely forgettable seasons, but then season five hit, and it was. All of a sudden, because four was the bottom of the barrel. I hated it. And then season five. I'm trying to think if I got to four. You, oh, if you did, you would have turned it off. I think it's maybe when I Season five was kind of this redemption because they've been fighting against, it's going to sound weird, but this evil law firm, (laughs) the entire show. The Dynamics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. It's Wolfram and Hart and they've been fighting against him. And then all of a sudden they kind of, they save the world in season four and the powers that be say, hey, you get to own this organization that kind of runs Los Angeles. Granted, there's a conspiracy and it's, there's lots of uh, people working against them. But it's a cool season. Joss Whedon, who was done with Buffy at this point, was back onto Writing Angel. And he got so ready for the studio to give him more money and to renew the show. He put out like two episodes. And usually they waited till near the end of the season. And they say, for example, UPN, will you renew us? And they were like, yeah, sure. Like the show gets viewers. Well, he came after two episodes. He's like, hey, we're in season five. You going to renew the show or what? And they're like, well, usually you wait. And he's like, no, tell me now or, or never. And they said, never. We're not wow. going to renew the show. And so they end the show like they knew that it was going to end, but he created a cliffhanger ending. Oh, an absolute intentional cliffhanger. Yes. And so in in the ending, basically this this firm that they've owned is now working against them. And the basically hell has opened up in Los Angeles. And it's the group, some of them have died in the last episode. They are fighting with swords and shields, basically, against these demons. And basically, it's raining. It's this really cool moment. Angel looks looks ahead of him and he says, let's go to work. And they basically charge into battle and credits. An unwinnable fight. Yes. And so you're like, oh, that was so triumphant. It was a cool war speech. And then what next? Really? And so even though they knew it was coming, they left it there on purpose. I think maybe to sell the graphic novels that came out after, which they did the same thing with Buffy. Kent, remind me, did Buffy end before or after Angel? One season before. So Buffy had already ended this. Point. Yeah. Okay. And so because they had this weird thing where some of the characters from Buffy crossed over into the final season of Angel mm-hmm. and it worked out pretty well for years, probably five years. I held on to hope that they would do another spinoff like a Spike spinoff or Faith, for example, or even just like a movie. I would like to see maybe even like a new 
I'd, I'd be okay with a flesh and blood reboot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where, where, flesh and blood reboot or flesh and blood adaptation? Well, th- I mean, it was already in flesh and blood. I mean, considering they're vampires. So I'd be okay with a vampire slayer new movie franchise or TV series that was being taken seriously. Or maybe Buffy was a mentor to a new character. And granted, it's been 20 years since the show is on. So every character... Years since Sarah Michelle Gellar did anything. Yeah. Every character is aged. David Boreanaz looks better than ever. I kind of feel like he could put on the trench coat and still really be a angel. vampire. He might be. But yeah, I would love to see some sort of continuation of this, but I guess it just has to end as they run into battle. All right, Debbie. So I started watching this next pick knowing it only went one season and 80 episodes. It's on Amazon Prime Video, but my husband watched it and he really wanted me to see it. And it's Night Sky. And it stars Sissy Spacek. And J.K. Simmons. So two amazing. Wait, when did this come out? uh, 2022. Was it a miniseries? It was supposed to be a regular series, like I said, and it just had eight episodes and it was canceled. Centers around Franklin and Irene York, this couple who years ago discovered a chamber buried in their backyard and then built a barn around it. But they found out that this chamber... Um, teleports them to somewhere else. And so they actually look at this alien planet. And they often throughout the years would just go down, go through the portal and sit their little chairs and just kind of watch the alien night sky. So that was kind of what they did. But one day there's a stranger in their portal and he's sick and he they don't know what to do with him. So they bring him into the house and that that starts the series or and the season. Hmm. And what you learn is that this stranger is, they call him Jude. I don't, we don't really know what his real name is, but uh, he starts to talk and he needs to get certain places and they need to keep him a secret because they don't want to tell anyone about their bunker. Mm -hmm. And so they say he's their caretaker, but they find out that he escaped a cult. And so in this parallel story, you have a woman and her daughter in remote Argentina who are protectors of something you don't know what they keep an ancient secret and they're called into action. And so the story happens where these two uh, parallel situations kind of come together. Yeah. And you're waiting the whole show for it to cross over. Right. Yeah. This series is really all about these relationships. So it, you're left at the end of the series and season, you get some answers but you get a lot more questions. Sure. So it's one of those where it's fascinating and the acting is amazing. Well, J.K. Simmons, I was like, and since yeah. you say Spacek, I'm like, that's going to be a good cast. It is. That's an intriguing concept, but then it, it right. doesn't end. What Amazon said is that they were unable to make a significant viewership impact, a big enough impact to offset the high costs associated with science fiction stories. I've never heard of this one. I mean, does Amazon advertise their shows? Not really. When you're watching Amazon, they, they do. They should, <laughs> they should put it on boxes that they ship. Yeah. Yeah. They only advertise to people who are already watching. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. And so they say at its core, it's a love story and a relationship story. Okay. And I would love them to have just a movie to kind of wrap up those ends or even to let it reboot and continue on. Joel, your fifth and final pick. You know, the kind of guy who does nothing but bad things and wonder why his life sucks. Well, that was me. Every time something good happened to me, something bad was always waiting around the corner. Karma. That's when I realized I had to change. So I made a list of every bad thing I've ever done, and one by one, I'm trying to make up for all my mistakes. Oh. I'm just trying to be a better person. My name is Earl. Is it, this is called My Name is Earl. <laughs> this is My Name is Earl. And oh. it, 
It's a, a show starring Jason Lee uh, as the main character there, Earl, his brother, Ethan Supley, Sloop, Jamie Presley. Margot Robbie in this one? No, it's Jamie Presley. <laughs> a trailer, the American, Margot Robbie. The American version of, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is one of those shows that was, it's just this goofy comedy created by Greg Garcia, and it ran from 2005, 2009, so four seasons, 96 episodes, so it had a good run, and it did. Was it good all the way through? No. It's really started to go First downhill. First two seasons the end. I really liked. Yes. I think that's where I stopped. And then they started to go downhill after okay. that, to be honest. They started relying, honestly, they started relying more on shock humor and, and gross out humor okay. than actual humor. Hmm. But there is something so funny about those first couple seasons. And then the whole point is he has this list of all the bad things he ever done. And one by one, he's crossing them off. And so every episode is like, uh, what was one I just watched? Like, never took my ex-wife's side in an argument. Mm-hmm. And so he he's trying to make up for that or... You know, he he stole this car from this guy and he has to go return it. And of course, every single episode, something makes it a little more difficult than right. just an easy cross off thing. This was a show that like won Emmy Awards. But the thing I really liked about it is just how it is about being a better person and mm-hmm. trying to put good out there in the world. And every uh, episode, they have that kind of realization of like, you know, this is why doing good things uh, is a good thing to do and good things will come back to you. Right. It's a good message. Yeah. But the thing is, they never finish the list. They never finished the list because the show got canceled after the fourth season. That feels a little ironic. Yeah. Uh, But also, it ends on kind of a cliffhanger with some kind of a a parental twist where it's like, you know, he turns out, you know, it's a little Jerry Springer moment kind of thing of like, you're not the father. You are the father. And Uh, that's Mar. It was a a to be continued. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Then Springer punches somebody. (laughs) But with with this one, the thing I really appreciate is that there was an ending. And uh, this is something the show's creator, Greg Garcia, said. And he said, and this is a little long, but I'm going to try to summarize it. He said, I always had an ending for this show. And I'm sorry it never got to happen. Because the whole point is that he wanted to finish the list and it never happened. But the truth is he was never going to finish the list. The basic idea of the ending is that while he was stuck on a really hard item, he was going to start getting frustrated that he was never going to finish it. And then he hmm. f- runs into someone who had a list of their own. And they were crossing things off his list. And he's like, where'd you get the idea for this list? And they say, oh, hey, I heard about this guy who had a list of writing all the wrongs that he'd done, and I decided I wanted to do that too. So then Earl realizes that he started a chain reaction with his list, and everyone else is starting doing their list. That's and great. He, and he started putting more good out in the world than yeah, he was bad. That's and, now headcanon. Yeah. So then he's like, you know what? He tears up the rest of his list, and he's a free man. He walks to the sun as a free man with good karma, that he's finally at peace with what he's accomplished. And, I went, uh, and then I feel like he would probably do something bad just yeah. after that. Yeah. You like know, a turtle or something. Yeah, exactly. But the characters in here are hilarious. Uh, it really is a funny show for a while there. And I do feel bad they never got to finish it because I think that's actually a really good ending. Mm-hmm. And I almost want them to film just that ending, except for the fact that Ethan Sloopy is now like super ripped. Yeah. But yeah, my name is Earl. I recommend watching it, even though, once again, it's kind of in that office rest development world of uh, a little bit dirty. But yeah, the funny race shows up. Mm hmm. My name is Earl. All right. My last pick would be X-Men, the uh, Fox cartoon from the 90s. It's coming back. But it's coming back. X-Men 97. Yes. And that's exactly what it is. That show ended with a cliffhanger and they they kept making the show, but it wasn't the same studio that made it. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden they like, they had this whole thing with Cyclops and Jean Grey and Mr. Sinister. And then all of a sudden there was like four or five episodes made by someone else and they had nothing to do with anything else. And so still fans were like, what about... What happened with those guys? I've been watching this recently. The There's a shocking amount of dinosaurs in this. <laughs> There's a lot. They, <laughs> they go to the Savage series. Land all the time. It's crazy. It's yeah. weird. So I'm choosing Spider-Man, the animated series uh, from uh, 1994 uh. to 1998. And while doing this, this is the one where Spider-Man's voiced by Greg Brady. 
Yes. <laughs> from the, the yeah. 90s Brady Bunch it, it movie. It's fantastic. I actually looked at the history of Spider-Man cartoons, and he actually has basically no luck. Anytime there's been a Spider-Man cartoon, this, this one is the longest at five seasons, 65 episodes. Because even shows like Spectacular Spider-Man, was like, I think it was two seasons. Really? That's it? That's it. Mm. But it made such a splash, right? Yeah. But it's always cut off a little bit too too early. And even the new one that they're trying to, that Disney Plus is going to come out with because of budget cuts and because they got rid of, well, it's karma now, getting rid of the Benedict Society. They may not even launch the show. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. So obviously it's Spider-Man. But the reason I love this, well, granted, it's nostalgia because it's the one I watched when I was a kid on Saturday mornings. But it has all the classic. It's not quite the quality of like something like Batman the Animated Series, right. but I thought it played the villains almost as well. Like I think all the classic Spider-Man villains we know, I for me, are iconic because of that show. Is it available to watch anywhere? I don't know. It's streaming on Disney+. Plus. There's a couple stories as to why it was canceled. For example, one of the producers says, hey, our contract was 65 episodes. We made 65 episodes and we were done. And the fans were like, what? Well, but why? Because the story they left it on... <laughs> Was it was the Spider Verse basically? Yeah, Spider Verse. So right before they get to the Spider Verse, Spider Wars. It's the Clone Wars. Clone, yeah. And so, what? Right? Crossover. (laughs) So what they do? Here come the Connors. There's a story arc where Green Goblin throws Mary Jane off of a bridge, and she ends up in a portal, lost in time, basically with Mork and Mindy somewhere. (laughs) She's a cave painting. Who who knows? And so Spider Man is like distraught, and he's like, "Well, my world is over." And then it goes like a full whole season. Of him without Mary Jane. Like he's trying to uh, get close to Felicia Hardy, the black cat and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden he finds Mary Jane. He's like, oh, the love of my life is back. They get married. He goes, Mary Jane, I'm Spider-Man. This is Peter Parker, not Spider-Man. But yeah, he goes, I'm Spider-Man. Tells her his secrets. And then all of a sudden they go. Post-marriage? Yeah, post-marriage. That's a risky move. Right? They go on their honeymoon. And all of a sudden she turns into water. The Mary Jane he married was an hydro Mary Jane. Yeah. I'm watching this as a kid going, wait a minute. What did she just do? They're married. She's a water woman. And, uh, and, water also, woman. and she uh, basically dies. And she says, if Mary Jane loves you a fraction of the amount that I love you, then you need to find her. And then so and then all of a sudden they have three episodes where he he hangs out with the clones and tries to save the world. Like there's a spider. Is a spider punk in that? Yeah. And then when they save the world, Madam Webb, who will also have a upcoming movie from Sony that no one will see. She says, OK. Let's go into the portal and find Mary Jane. Done. Done. Credits roll. I've actually seen this one. Yeah. <laughs> but and they I, said they were done. Didn't you say they were done with They're Mary? done. They said 65 episodes were done. Why would they not give some revolution, resolution then? Nope. Nothing. So this one would be easy. Uh, if X-Men 97 does well, granted now it's on Disney Plus and I'm, I'm afraid about every show that's on there now. If that show does well, I'm hoping they can go back to this because... Although Sony may have the rights on this one, so that might be tough. Yeah, it's tricky. But there's so much what, they can do. Again, and say, it is, as far as I'm aware, it is on Disney+. Plus. It's the second thing okay. I watched on Disney+, Plus ever. Oh, okay, good. And, yeah. Uh, but they could easily say, hey, there's lots of Spider-Men in Across the Spider-Verse. The spoiler alert, I guess. But him being one of them can go back to his world and say, okay, now that we've saved the world again, or whatever, let's go find Mary Jane. And they could lead that right into either kind of a Spider-Verse cartoon with the 94 Spider-Man going in there or just start a new season. I want to see what happened to Mary Jane. Okay. Also, the voice of Spider-Man is Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. And Greg Brady. Okay. But, you know. Wait, Prince Eric. Greg Brady is Prince Eric? Yes. Headcanon. Wow. Yeah. Debbie, finish this off. Okay, so before I talk about my last pick, I do want to give a couple of honorable mentions. Oh, please do. Please. 
So these are some that I think needed another season, even though they probably ended okay. And the first one is Anne with an E. Oh, people were so upset when they got giggles. Right. And this new adaptation is just wonderful. And they do, at the end, at least acknowledge that they have feelings for each other, Anne and Gilbert, but then it just ends. So you don't know, you know. Well, you know if you've read the books, but you don't know how that goes forward. Anne has. (laughs) As well he should. Yeah, Anne of Avonlea's great. Yes. Um, Dairy Dairy Girls. Um, I, that had three seasons and 19 episodes. And even though the language was a little spicy for my spicy. taste, I really loved those girls and I would love to see what had happened to them later. Even if it's just a special mm-hmm. later, uh, Sherlock, the BBC, um, you know, the problem, okay. with, that one, the problem with that one is that it, it, every season was a little, it's diminishing returns. Right. It is. But I, I do love the two of them. What, what happened at the end of that series? Spoiler for everyone listening. See, I couldn't even tell you. What's his name dies? Moriarty. Moriarty, but does Didn't he really? Didn't he die like nine times? Yeah, yeah, he's like, does he really? But I, en- I enjoyed those actors portraying Sherlock and, and Watson. Yeah, some of the so, most brilliant TV I've seen. Right. And then yeah, some of the really worst. good. Yeah. And then the last one is Shadow and Bone, which is currently waiting to hear whether or not it gets renewed. It's on two seasons right now, right? Right. It's okay. just finished its second season. Isn't that season. one of those adaptations, Shadow and Bone adaptations? Mm-hmm. It is. So we may have to revisit yeah. that in the future. So do you want a flesh and blood Shadow and Bone adaptation? <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. It uh, It is really interesting because it pulls from her three separate series and it kind of mixes it all. So if you enjoy the books, the series and Kent does. is kind of upsetting, <laughs> but I see it as the series then gets you interested in the books. That's which, a vampire one too, right? No. No, which Shadow and Bone? Which is? Shad- no, Shadow and Bone is where they... There's what they call the Grisha that have powers, extra powers, like they can manipulate wind or water or metal. Fire. Fire. Earth. Uh, and everything changed when the Fire Nation attacks? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, that that one... Would is, you recommend watching that one? Uh, my kids really love it, and okay. I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I it's very different than the books. It starts out with the same characters, but mm-hmm. they mix. It looks like an expensive show to produce, yes. which is why I think they'll cancel it. And the, the chatter out in the fandoms is, that's okay if they cancel it, as long as they continue with the Six of Crows, which is a different series, but they incorporated it into Shadow and Bone. And they're really the heart of the series. Okay. Are these group of thieving people hmm. but um and people and like i said the fandom would be fine as long as they continued and they've said that they've been shopping a okay. crooked key, uh, shopping the six of crows series a kind of an offshoot okay. series so those were my um honorable mentions honorable mentions yeah thank you okay so my last pick was once again my heart was broken i started with the first series that my heart was broken and this one my heart is broken because it it opened this year it was lockwood and co it's on netflix lockwood and co like lockwood and company yes and it's just called lockwood and co it's one season eight episodes and it is on netflix and is this a joe cornish show it's produced by Nira Park and Rachel Pryor. Yeah, and those are uh, associates of Edgar Wright. Hey, I know her because she's from Sherlock. Yeah. And so what it is, it's this alternate version of present-day Britain. Ghosts who are deadly to the touch have been rising from their graves for the past 50 years. Adults cannot sense them, but certain children can. So ch- teenagers have been organized into a licensed ghost hunting agencies to detect and dispose of the threats. Oh, cool. So it starts with the first person. Her name's Lucy. She's a psychically gifted 
teenager. She's a listener, so she can hear sounds and voices. And she has to, she's run away from her school, so to speak. And she's come to London to try to get a job. And she runs this little, she applies and gets a job with this outfit from these two young boys. They're, well, teenagers also called Lockwood and Code. So Mm -hmm. that's where they, the three of them together. And so what you hear or what the history is that you kind of gather is that these ghosts are tied to a source, usually an object, and that's uh, their haunting or whatever has to do with their unsettled deaths. And some of them are really violent and some are not. So what happens if the ghost touches you, you can either die or go comatose. So what happens, these groups of agencies get paid to come rid your house or your building or your work of ghosts. And the, they start with an easy job of ridding this house of a ghost because she wants to sell the house. Unfortunately, it goes really wrong and they burn the house down mm. and find that the ghost is still trapped in her wedding ring and Lucy takes it with her. Okay. She senses something else is going on other mm-hmm. than her being trapped behind, trapped in the house. Mm-hmm. And so the whole series is dealing with finding more information about her death and why she died in such a way. Also that there's some type of conspiracy about the problem where these ghosts have risen where they weren't there in the past. Okay. And so it is kind of trying to figure out both mysteries at once. It is actually based on, once again, on a book series. I didn't know that when we first watched it. But it is really interesting. It's really fun. It's um, is it scary? It's kind of scary. Okay. I mean, it's for kids, right? But my, it's got spooky moments, right? My twelve-year-old doesn't like to watch it because it has spooky moments. Okay. My teens absolutely love this. Oh, cool! And what, we were all heartbroken when we found out that um, shortly after they aired it, that they were that they Netflix had canceled it. They said Netflix was very pleased with the show, especially the work that had gone into it, but it didn't meet the number, the threshold to greenlight a second season. Mm. And what's really sad is it ends a battle, but there's more questions than answers. And one of the things that is always a mystery is Lockwood, this young man, is orphaned, mm-hmm. and he has this house, and he started his own agency. And there's a room that nobody can go into and it's completely locked. Is it a red door? No, it's not a red door. But at the very end of the show, after they almost die several times in this big battle, he takes his two coworkers up to the door and he opens it and it fades to black. What? Hmm. So you never know. There's implications that it's part of his past and maybe part of the reason he's orphaned, but we don't know what's behind the door. Would the book solve that? From what I understand, the books do have not solved it completely. You do it is related somehow, but it's not uh, explicit on what it is. Okay, I had the trailer just kind of going on here silently on the computers. You were telling that, and it was pretty intriguing to watch. So it looks like a fun show. Yeah, we we stumbled upon it, and so we I watched it new because it had just come out, and my kids couldn't get enough of it. And so then when we were waiting to hear about the second season and then saw the news that it had been canceled, um, they were quite upset. We were all quite upset. Now, it's interesting because there have been shows and petitions and fan bases that have got shows to come back. Yes. Right. Like Jericho back in the day, I think it was on CBS. It was canceled after one season and it was this, this end of the world, a nuke story, what happens after. And it went for one season. The fans loved it so much 
that they bugged the studio and they made a second season. Mm-hmm. Yes, they then canceled it and fans are upset again, but it, it's happened. Or sometimes another streaming service can pick it up. Mm-hmm. It just costs a lot of money, and so it rarely ever happens. What I find interesting is that Netflix apparently now is doing completion rates to, dis- to help determine whether or not they'll carry on. Okay. And they say under 50%, you, if you're not completing the whole series season, we likely won't renew no. it. Okay. This one had a completion rate of about 54%. I think part of it is that they... They were in the top three for three or top 10 for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I think it dropped off is because it wasn't really promoted a lot on Netflix. I've never heard of it. And secondly, it's something that's once again, heady. It's, it's an intelligent show. And as we've learned from bacon sale in the past, a lot of intelligent movies, intelligent shows don't do really well at first. They need that buildup and they need right. the time for people to understand that, Hey, you may need to think to really enjoy this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a problem with telling a long story is that you get people who jump in the middle of it and they're lost, but you also don't, so you don't want to, you don't want to make it too connected but at the same time you don't want to dumb it down because it's rewarding for those who are actually watching yeah well this it sounds like a lot of these need to pull a veronica mars and have the fans just kickstarter uh, enough money to make a movie yeah i would yeah. pay my life savings to get a pushing daisies movie just <laughs> give me resolution or psych can make four movies that no one cares for what yes yeah, the psych movies aren't that great yeah so and that's the problem too is a lot of these they're kind of they might be better because they got cut well, short. Look at Star Trek. Star Trek went, the original series went for three seasons. Yeah. And just kind of ended, right? Yeah. On a regular episode and then got all those movies. Legendary status. Yeah. So there you go. There are our picks uh, for our canceled too soon TV series. Let us know uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter if we talked about the ones that you love or if we didn't talk about the ones we love. Mm-hmm. We love hearing from you. Uh, but Debbie, here at the end of the show, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to or anyone you want to say hi to or anything you want to plug? I'll say, I'll give a shout out to my kids because they're going to listen to this one. Uh, they're the best, not just because <laughs> they're, they're listening. Awesome. Um, thank you for the food. They, got, yeah, they brought bet. us treats. Yeah. So to and for thinking we're famous. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They think you're famous. They That's love so you. cute. <laughs> uh, so shout out to Samuel and Abby and Olivia and Grace. Nice. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you. But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, specifically the I Am The Listener tier, which includes Taylor Sanderson, Sir and Madam Hicks, Scott Sprague, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph, Lady Terry A. Finley, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, Jennifer Kilkowski, Dave Kelly, Casey Cummings, Briggs is Hot, Angela Plotz, Andrew in the Cold and Dark, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we have our Baking Council, which includes the one, the only Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Star Wars expert Kyler, our favorite couple the Madsons, Nicole D. Kale, Johnny English the Brick, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Glow Clint Daniel, Debbie Foster, and... Thank you, patrons. Thank, Thank you, patrons. you so much for your support. You are the dark crystal to our age of resistance. <laughs> Come name. on, that one. <laughs> you are the Santa Clarita to our diet. You're okay. Pushing to our daisies. Oh. Because we're t- retiring that. You are the fire to our fly. Never talk oh. about that again. Yeah. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. Or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and go to at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself some merch. Again, I, I refreshed my shirts and promptly didn't wear one through the recording of this episode. He's it's not hard. wearing a shirt. It's true. I forgot my shirt. It's oh. terrible. 
And then if you like the show, you like what's going on here and you want to support us further, visit patreon.com slash bacon sale. Support starts at just $3 a month. You can get all sorts of fun benefits, behind the scenes notes from Joel. That's mm-hmm. always a good time. Uh, video reviews, extra random videos about eating food. <laughs> and of course, the infamous at this point, Paked Bits, happening almost every week, but not weekly. Probably. We're not ready to commit to that yet. <laughs> Patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time. Oh, I never finished my joke, did I? So the bartender pauses for a moment, shrugs his shoulders, and finally says... What happened to Matt? Why is everybody hot? I say things... I don't know if you notice we're like... Joel. Yes? I have four children (laughs) within four years. Yes, you do. I'm used to have... Okay. Pretty good. Show us your bomb. Brandon Sanderson fans came out of the woodwork. (laughs) Yeah. Nerds. Hey, um, Joel, here's all the smart ones. And then here's the other ones for you, Zach. You had me until rucking. Are we no, cheering we're doing animals that are missing limbs? We already <laughs> cheered animals. Now we got to do maimed animals. Sarah, Sarah Chronicles. Sarah the Chronic. What? The Sarah Chronicles. Sarah Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a lost butt. No. Well, Save for our Hobbit tearing show. That wonderful song, though. Exactly. <laughs> Fool of a tooth. <laughs> oh, there's this weird meatball with legs. Its rating is not Nickelodeon friendly. The creator of the animated series wanted to make a flesh and blood version for years. I was thinking of the wrong one. I'm sorry, Tom. Gather around, children, as I described to you in censored detail what happened. (laughs) You want to see the Order 66 on the Gelflings? Unbreak my heart. You'll watch me again. Kent, how can I get triggered when I'm so sleepy? Wait a minute. What did she just do? They're married. She's a water woman?